This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington. Welcome to the latest episode of Late Boomers. Today we have as our special guest, Andrew Cloninger, a multidiscipline artist who's a musician and producer in the band Ren Cove. And I'm Mary Elkins. We will hear Andrew's story and celebrate the upcoming release of his first book of haiku entitled C6, C7, which is about becoming disabled and overcoming adversity and understanding who you are and what your identity is after everything changes. Welcome, Andrew. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Thank you. Great to have you. Andrew, (laughs) we'd love for you to play a little bit of your music with Ren Cove. Sure. Set the mood. And then then when you're done with the music, please tell us about your background and how you've arrived at the place you are today. Sure. Hey, cutting her off. That's <laughs> she is the best. I'll tell you what. You know, uh, her name is Melissa. Yeah, yeah, her name is Melissa Davies, and she is an absolute gem. That's she's great to play with. That's it's oh. so much fun. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So, so yeah, I uh, I uh, I started um, I started as a page turner for my grandmother um, in the church. Actually, um, mm-hmm. she would she would kick me in the ankles and I would turn her hymnals, you know, so she could get to the next page while she was playing and stuff like that. That was a little bit before I could, I could even read music and stuff like that. So yeah, I started pretty early and, um, Mm -hmm. and I also, uh, at the same time, I was also, uh, uh, learning, you know, sound and that kind of thing, um, at the same time, but I didn't start writing until I was in like sixth grade. That's when I was, started to get like pretty intentional about Mm -hmm. what I was writing and, and uh, you know, but the main thing too, you know, it's interesting because my family is always like my dad and, 
and my and my grandmother like that side of the family um was musical but also my my cousin um on my mom's side his, his name was john churchville and we're like four years difference and um he he's a he's a drummer and so i i idolized him growing up i thought he was the coolest guy in the world because he just he could he could play you know multiple different instruments and he could play um you know the drums very well i got to see him at a talent show like he must have been like maybe a freshman in high school or something like that and and i was just like i want to do that when i grow up you know and so Uh it was kind of it was fun you know like uh growing up you know we were able to go to music uh, you know, my parents would take me to like um, uh, folk festivals. And we also uh, went to places uh, where we could listen to classical music and stuff like that. There was a local theater um, and we were near the Air Force base. And so the Air Force would, you know, bring their guys down, to, you know, like the brass bands and the the classical bands and stuff like that. So we got to listen to a lot of that. And so, you know, I had a pretty and my sister was a classical pianist as well. So. I was pretty well rounded oh, as far as music goes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Ex- for that's sure. Great. Um Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I started. Um and I had some really good music teachers along the way too. You know, there um you know, sh- shout out to my uh my uh middle school t- uh high uh music teacher. Her name is uh Connie Limbloom up in up in the UP of Michigan. She was she was hugely influential in 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 telling me that I could do it. You know, that was Oh, uh, she, she introduced the Beatles to me and, you know, my <laughs> first song, the first song I was able to play on guitar was uh twist and shout, even though the Beatles didn't write that song, they, they definitely no, popularized right. it for sure. So, oh, music um, teachers was, are the was, best. Oh, music yeah. teachers. Oh, they make yeah, for, people's lives so important. Oh, but big time. Do you want to, do you want to go from your background a little bit more to where you've arrived at today? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because. Um, you know, growing up and stuff, I, I, uh, you know, I, I started playing in bands like pretty early on. Like I started probably like, oh, I was 16, 15, 16, I started playing in bands and then, um, you know, and all through college and that kind of stuff. And I was kind of touring regionally and that kind of stuff and playing in New York city and, 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 uh, got to play with some really cool people and really cool, um, you know, artists and stuff like that. And then, um, then I got off the road and I started a family with my, with my, I met my wife and, um, you know, I started, I started working in warehouses and stuff like that to pay the bills. And, and, uh, I still played music at home and stuff like that, but it was important to me to, to take care of the, you know, responsibilities and stuff at home. And, and to make sure that, you know, all the bills got paid and, you know, as a musician, that's not necessarily how it works. And so, you know, it, it was, it was important to be, um, stable and, and, um, have a steady income and, and that type of thing. And so, yeah, I definitely, you know, music was kind of a back burner, you know, but I always still wrote and I still, I still was playing and stuff like that, keep keeping my chops up. And then, uh, we were on vacation and, um, and, uh, I was, you know, I was helping my uncle out, you know, um, cutting some wood and stuff like that. And all of a sudden it felt as though my neck just fell apart and, and I had a searing pain in my, in my left shoulder. And, um, it was almost like when you're, you know, when you hit your funny bone, yeah. it was like that, except for all the time. 
And so um, I had to go in and, and get a, uh, a an MRI and they they determined that that uh, I pinched the nerve um, like I had a bulging disc in my C6, C7 mm-hmm. neck area. And so um, and my in my hand, my left hand, um, uh, some of the fingers became numb and I couldn't feel them. And, uh, which was devastating for me because as a person that works with their hands and, you know, plays music and stuff like that, it was very difficult. Um, I couldn't play music anymore at the time. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was very, very scary. Uh, it was very, uh, you know, and then plus, you know, the loss of income too, because I couldn't work because I was working in warehouses and, and that type of thing. And so I couldn't work. And, and so, um, I ended up, you know, trying everything, but. Also, you know, I ended up having to, to have surgery, um, and, uh, and it was pretty, pretty, pretty scary, uh, you know, for a while there. And, you know, the recovery was, was pretty intense. It took me about two years, two, two and a half years to get, to get back to almost, you know, almost like functional is, is probably the best word I can use is, is functional. And, um, you know thank God I've been, I've been able to, to, you know, get my, uh, musical ability back. That's, that's something that, that was, uh, really important to me to, to try to do. And actually it's kind of funny cause my, my doctors actually prescribed it as a, as a necessary PT tool for my fine, for my fine motor skills on my left hand. Good for um, them. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. They were like, Oh, you do that. Okay. Let's use that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, trying to keep my, my fingers moving and, and, and work on my, on my, on, you know, all the fine water skills that you need, um, to get back together. And, and it was interesting mm. too, because, uh, you know, I wasn't even sure if, if that was going to be even possible anymore. And so every day is a gift, that's for sure. And, and now yeah. that I'm able to play, I, I, you know, I, I definitely don't take it for granted. I think I took it for granted for a long time. Like, uh, this is something I do. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I, it's, it's gravy every day. I get to, I get to do it. So it's awesome. Wow. Beautiful. That must've really hurt you emotionally for a while too. Big, big time. Well, yeah. You know, th- that's, that's the thing is, um, you know, cause I had a lot of health concerns outside of my neck injuries. And I would say some of my other health concerns probably, um, probably, uh, led to, to my neck, um, you know, uh, going the way it did because, um, you know, I was, I was definitely obese and I was de- not taking care of myself in the You're way that I should now, have. You're not now for no, all of our listeners. No, not at all. Not. Yeah. I, I had to, I, I was, um, at, at the highest, I was about, uh, 420 pounds. Oh, and, oh um, wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you've really, yeah. yeah. I had to, I had to do some work. And so I, I got down today because uh, I checked <laughs> uh, today. I was uh, 196. So, that's, you know, wow, that's good. uncanny. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it, it, but the thing is, is that I didn't, I didn't have lap band surgery. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of the extreme measures. Um, I was able to, I was able to, uh, I have, there's a couple of doctors here. Uh, I live near Rochester, New York. and. Um, Dr. Rachel Connolly, um, she, she runs a, a, a place called, uh, Rochester medical weight loss. And 
So I went there because I was really afraid to lose weight because I was like, well, what happens if I lose a ton, you know, cause I've heard, you know, you lose a ton of weight or something like that. You could have, you know, like your levels and in, you know, I, I wanted everything checked out as I lost weight. And mm-hmm. so, uh, she has a program where, where that, where, you know, you do just that. And, um, and I, I started, I, I heard about the, the keto diet and, um, my for body keto. for whatever re- yeah. So my body, for whatever reason, really appears to that and really responds to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say here, you know, and say, oh, this it's, is what everybody should do. But yeah, you know, it's for not me, for everybody. Yeah, that, it's not. And, but and I'm so glad it worked for you. Yeah, yeah. for me, it, it was a game changer. And does it? are you and, still on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. To to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I'm not I'm probably a little bit looser than I once was, but definitely. You know, I try to, you know, because I don't think it's sustainable as far as like long, long term. And so what I do is, you know, it's almost like intermittent fasting where you try to, you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you do it for a little bit, you, you, know, you get off of it, you try for, you know, just to kind of like keep your body kind of, you know, in and out mm-hmm. of it and make sure that, it, you know, I stay And the big thing for me too is, is discipline as far as por- portion control and, and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah. knowing what you're putting in is, is a big deal, you know, for yeah. me anyway. So I really try to try to, you know, stay as, you know, on the wagon as I can, because I know I, I have one of those personalities that I'm either in or I'm not. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not in, oh boy, look out, you know, the wheels will come off. And so I really mm-hmm. have to stay vigilant and, 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 you know, and do the best I can, um, at all times. Well, you know, getting back to, to say music, that I'm perfect, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, right. Yeah. Getting back <laughs> to music. You mentioned that your grandmother was a big influence for you. Who are your um, other influences in music and, and in writing? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said before, you know, she was a big, you know, just because, you know, she could like, I have always been influenced by people that I could, I could, talk to and touch and see and and you know like my my cousin john was a big influence too because he could play guitar and and bass and 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 drums especially and and so like these are people i knew you know that could actually do it and 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 at a pretty high level and so it was it was it was pretty cool and you know for writing it was interesting because i wasn't i wasn't really you know my mom would see i was I was homeschooled in the eighties, which is kind of an interesting time to be homeschooled because it's kind of cool mm-hmm. now, but back then it wasn't so cool. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my mom would take, take us to the library. We had a library day. And so, you know, and we could, we could read whatever, you know, whatever we wanted. She was like, as long as it's, you know, age appropriate, we can read it. And so I, I think that's a, that was a very uh, important informative thing, you know, that, that I learned from her was, was, you know, there are resources and there are, 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 you know, you can learn at any time and for whatever reason, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, that was a, you know, Ernest Hemingway was big for me growing up, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially in high school. And then like Ezra Pound was big, Carl Sandburg was big, T.S. Eliot, it's huge. And actually the impetus for this, this book that I wrote, um, the, the author was, I learned about him in, in, in college, actually, his name was, uh, Bruce Weigel. And he wrote this, uh, great haiku book, um, called, uh, song on napalm. And it was mm-hmm. about his experience in Vietnam. And, um, 
and so it was interesting because when I was laying there, you know, injured and not being able to make music and stuff like that, his book came back to me, um, you know, so many years later. And it was like, oh, you could do this. Haiku is, a, is an excellent way to process your emotions and, and an excellent way to, to um, you know, be succinct and disciplined. And those are things that I really wanted to do and be. And so, you know, it was a, it was a very uh, easy decision for me to, to be able to get my emotions out that way, you know, uh, particularly oh, because my main, my main uh, outlet music was taken away at the time. And yeah, so this was, this was super as, important. Can you enlighten us as to what is your creative process? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I'm, I, I, I kind of mull it over in my head. So I've always, I've always been one to work, work the, you know, the, 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 whether it's music or writing, um, I, I, I work it over in my head over and 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 over. And so by the time, by the time I actually, you know, either record something or write something, um, I've already thought it through a million times. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, for some people that's kind of, that's crazy. You know, they have to have it all written out and they have to, you know, you know, uh, you know, make edits and change, but I do the, all the edits and stuff in my head. And so, mm. uh, for whatever reason, that's always, that's always worked really great for me. And so, um, you know, and especially came into, uh, it came into, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it came into, uh, it came into, you know, it was very handy, uh, because, because I couldn't physically do a lot of work. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, so I was able to, to, you know, do that. And then, you know, luckily I'm right-handed too. So that helped a lot, you know, writing things out and stuff like that. So I was able to to do that. A phenomenal memory to do it that way. Cause you have to remember the things you thought of and then the way you edited it. And most people have to see that on a page. Yeah. It's well, it's weird because it's true, but I think some things get lost and maybe that's part of what I would consider the editing process. Like if I can't mm-hmm. remember it, it's not really worth it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if that's, if that's we true. Can't, or not, we can't just, all do that with all of yes. our memories. <laughs> and I'm finding as I get older, like that's, that's not kind of, that's not, not really true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you but, don't get up in the middle of the night and take notes. No, I'm not that person. No, for sure. Um, and what's interesting too about like the music that I've been making lately too is, is, is that it's in the moment. So like, um, when when Ren Cove sits down, we literally sit down and play. We don't write that music out. We we just mm-hmm. sit down and it's improvisational. We we sit down and 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 I'll start playing a a a, a you know a sequence or a chord sequence. And, and then Melissa will, will sit there and like, uh, follow along and then brought her own take on it. And it's very fascinating. It's very, um, and, and what's interesting too, is it's super honest because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's immediate, you know, it's, but it's what's in you push the record button. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we got friends that do that. We got, we got okay. people <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah. A lot of yeah, jazz can't musicians do, do that. <laughs> don't a lot of so. jazz musicians do that? What's that? I'm sorry. Don't don't a lot of jazz mu- musicians do that? Just yeah, play that's, for the moment. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big, that's a big jazz thing. Um, you know, Coltrane mm -hmm. famously did love Supreme that way. Um, there's like maybe a few, like the, just the love Supreme theme was written out. The rest of it is, is improvisational. Um, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, you know, multiple, you know, a felonious monk was another guy that would, that would do a lot of improvisational stuff and miles Davis as well. Yeah. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not uncommon in, in jazz for sure. Um, it isn't classical. It's not as, as thought of as, you know, that's okay, but you know, hopefully someday we'll change their minds, you know, it'll be kind of, mm -hmm. cool. but, uh -huh. um, but yeah, there's some, there's some composers too that, that I take some cues from, you know, classically. Um, there's a Estonian composer named Arvro part, um, that is, he bases a lot of his music on, on like Gregorian chants and, and that kind of stuff, even though it's classical, cause it's very, um, you know, the, the, the melodies are very simple and very spare and mm -hmm. the harmonies are, are almost natural sounding. And so those like are, haiku. those are things that I really like to listen mm -hmm. to. And it, it brings a lot of like peace and solace, which is something yeah. that I, oh. I've always needed. You know, because I'm not necessarily what I would consider a, I'm a driven person. And so, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you need those moments of reflection and 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 peace to 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 yeah. kind of uh, function yeah. as a as a as a good human. <laughs> that that so. type of music must have really given you solace when you were down and out. Um, tell sure. me something. Looking back on it, is is mental health more important than your physical health? Yes, I would say so. hundred um, percent. I would say that, that, um, that you need to find worth, you know, especially when, when um, your identity is, you know, I'm a, I'm a provider. I'm a, you know, I'm a father. I'm a, you know, this, I'm a that. And, and when, you know, when it's, when it's very difficult to lift your own son, you know, cause I, I'm not supposed to lift more than 20 pounds, you know, and he's, you know, he's sixth grade. So, you know, or even, you know, at the time he was, he was a young, you know, he was a little bit younger and, and I couldn't play with him like I, like I wanted to, you know, and that was, that was, that was a very difficult situation. Um, okay. How, what, where do I find my worth? And I, and mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, some of these creative projects help me find my worth. And I have great, like, my wife is amazing. You know, I have the, like the best, I, you know, some guys say they have the best. I really have the best wife. I mean, I'd be <laughs> honest with you, you know, because I mean, not only did she, you know, she paved the way, you know, she works really hard. You know, she's a, she's an elementary teacher, but also, you know, she had to take care of me. You know, because I at the time there was times when I couldn't I couldn't even dress myself, you know, and 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 mm. stuff like that. And she was able, you know, to to do that and and to help me, um, you know, and then sometimes still I have physical, uh, you know, sometimes my my legs, um, you know, after a long day, if, if I've been doing a lot of, um, you know, walking or anything like that, my legs shut down. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes she has to help me. Um, you know, get to a seat or get, you know, get somewhere where I can, I can be safe. And, and, you know, she's very conscious of that. And also she, she's the one that, you know, she's the one that encouraged me to get creative again. You know, she was the one that was like, you know what, 
you know, cause she, in her, you know, in her own right, she's an artist as well. I mean, she's a great singer and, and she was a piano player as well. And, and she also um, is a painter. And so like, you know, she was like, you know, you need to like, you know, as soon as I was able, you know, cause she was honest with me. Cause I tried to play guitar when my, my hand was really messed up and, sh- and she was pretty honest with me and said, eh, not yet, not yet. You can, you know, let's just, take a break on that right now. Cause you're not, mm-hmm. it's not good. <laughs> what a and so system. she was, yeah, she was, she was honest, which I, I super appreciate because I never want to be one of those people that, you know, people feel bad for me, you know, you know, like I shouldn't be doing something and you're doing it and you shouldn't be doing it. Like, I never want to be in that position. I want people mm-hmm. around me to be honest. Yeah. And, 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 and now you're coming out with a book. So how did you get started writing and why the haikus? Well, haiku, like, you know, is, is something that I, I feel is, is, is the most succinct and, uh, way to, to express one's emotions. I think, I think that it, you know, and it's able, and you're able to consume it in one setting. I think that's a big, big thing for me. And, um, I think, what I wanted to do was, was help other people. Um, if, you know, if they were in a a similar situation or if, you know, if if, uh, they have a loved one that's in a certain, you know, a similar situation and that they would be able to give them something that this, okay, this, this person has been through it too. You know, their family has been through it, you know? And so that was something that was super important to me, um, at the beginning. And I think also it was a way for me to let, to let it all, all the, you know, the anger, the, the frustration, the, the, uh, the, the trauma of the whole situation. I think it was a, a great way to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was something that I was able to, to do through, through creating it, you know, and, and that was something that, that really, that really impacted me was, was, you know, there are sometimes when I, when I even look through the book now, you know, you know, reading it and, you know, okay, you know, see what, what's going on with it. You know, it's still emotional for me, you know, mm-hmm. because, because there's some parts of that, like, you know, I, I read about this, you know, where people would send us money and I don't know who they were, you know, huh. they mm-hmm. just on honest, you know, a hundred bucks would be in our mailbox. It was a miracle, you know, because That's we were lovely. hurting, we were super <laughs> hurting financially because, of, yeah. because, you know, when you're on disability, you're, you know, you, Cause at the time I was on temporary disability through my employment and, you know, it's like a third of your, of your salary, you know, it's, it's not a lot of money. And, and mm-hmm. especially if you're operating, you know, if you're up, you know, the math, you know, if you're operating on a certain budget and then your budget gets cut quite a bit, you know, there's a lot of moving mm-hmm. parts, you know? And so, uh, it was pretty dicey there for, for quite a bit and, and to yeah. try to keep everything afloat and keep it, you know, keep the mortgage payments going, keep everything going. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, I call them anonymous saints in the book, you know, and the, these people, I don't know, maybe they knew me, maybe they didn't, I don't know who these people are. And, and, but they, they saved us, you know, and it you, was, it was you must have saved them too. Yeah. I hope so because. And now helped, I hope they get your me. book. <laughs> I hope they get your book because they'll understand what they did. Yeah. yeah. I hope your, so. When they read your book. I hope Absolutely. so. Because, yeah. Nowadays yeah. people do go fund me. 
yeah. things all the time, but you know, no, you didn't have that. So yeah, I didn't. And you know, and maybe, you know, that's the thing too, is, is, you know, it wasn't necessarily like we were too proud or anything like that, but it was just, we just didn't even think about it. You know, we just didn't, you know, yeah, you that's not how we it. were raised. You know, we, 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 you know, you, you know, you, you grab your, you know, yourself up by your bootstraps kind of situation, you know, and, <laughs> and, and we didn't know how to, how to navigate something like that. Cause we've never really been in any kind of situation like mm-hmm. that. And so, yeah, it was did, interesting. Did you find yourself a little more creative when you were down? A lot of people who lose um, a sense or who are paralyzed um, become more creative. Did you find that happened to you? And um, tell me it, if you can tell our audience mm-hmm. how that helped you. Re- I think, feel. I think it. I think it caused me to focus. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest. I, I think I've always been like creative. That that's always been something that 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 has driven me as a as a person. Um, but I think the focus and the ability to to, you know, because I couldn't go anywhere <laughs> other than doctor's appointments. I wasn't I wasn't doing a whole lot, and so. <laughs> the focus was there and I was able to, to have the time to actually sit down and, and write. And, and, you know, another aspect too was pain management. So I would draw, you know, nothing, you know, I mean, some artists would think that was crazy, but like I would doodle and, and, and try to, you know, create something. And that actually came into the, uh, that was a part of the, the cover art um, eventually that, that um, oh, part of that too uh, for the book um, because I was able to, you know, I took graphic design in college and stuff like that, but I wasn't, I'm not much of a artist or anything like that, but, but, you know, it was one of those ways to, to manage my pain is to focus it on something else, you know? And so mm-hmm. that was another, another aspect, uh, the writing and the, in in the drawing, uh, really helped me uh, with my pain management as well. And you've talked a lot about guitar, so I'm assuming guitar is oh, your yeah. main instrument. Oh, I love so guitar. What kind it's of so guitar awesome. is your What kind of guitar is your favorite? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, have a bunch? that's I mean that's like that's like saying this this kid is um, better than that kid. I mean that's <laughs> that's touchy. I mean, like they're no, all your kids. I, I Do you up, have a collection? Oh yeah. It's a problem. Um, my, my <laughs> wife would say, yeah, he needs to get rid of a few. Um, but like, I think, I think the thing, the thing is, is that they all do different things. I think that's, the, that's the main thing. Um, I have an acoustic guitar, um, that I really like. It's a, it's a Martin, um, that I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate enough to have. And it's a, it's a beautiful sounding guitar. That's the one that you hear on, on conversation. Um, mm-hmm. that we played a, earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that one, that's a beautiful. I love that guitar. And then uh, on some of the other recordings that that I've done, I've, I I play electric guitars as well. And um, you know, so I have a couple different ones that I like. I I'm I mainly like a, Fe- a Fender Telecaster. You guys say you're you're out of California, so yeah, the Fender Fender brand Fender. is is they're they're fun they're fun for me. So I li- I like those a lot. When I was the, growing up, my girlfriend played rock guitar okay. she was never in a band but she loved yeah. it she played a fender mustang oh that yeah that's a guitar. good guitar that's a nice one loved I, it, I like loved it yeah it's so good the single coils <laughs> yeah. man there's something about those that are beautiful yeah for uh-huh. sure 
And so, yeah, I mean, those are, those are guitars that I really like. Um, I also, um, I designed, I, that was another thing that I did was I, I was, I designed, um, amplifiers, um, to, because, because of my weight restriction, I couldn't lift heavy amplifiers anymore. And so, um, oh. I got together with a, with an amp builder that lives in Rochester, New York, and, and we built these, uh, lightweight, um, amplifiers so that i was able to carry my own stuff again you know because that was a that was a thing too is like okay how do you know and that's another i used to stand up when i play now i have to sit down that's another um you know augmentation of what i used to do you know to to get so that i can play again but that's Um, so enabling to be able to bring your stuff and feel comfortable yeah it's great oh yeah it's it's very important and you know because you know what you sound like especially with your stuff that's that's the biggest thing is is to is to feel comfortable when you're playing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, tell us yeah. what it's like for you to go to, for the production to produce music and record it. Is it a different well, brain process? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still very it's still very uh, creative, um, but it's it's almost like solving problems. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, especially you know, I always had a hard time engineering and playing and producing all at the same time. That's like, my, that's the hardest thing in the world. So I always like to bring in an engineer at least to, to do that aspect of it. But the, the, the producing part is, is really about, you know, trying to, trying to um, make sure that everything has its place. Everything is, is, is where we need it to be intentionally. Um, you know, the creative part, the, the, the writing of the music or the, the music part of it is, is, is kind of a little bit separate because it's like, that's not, it's not as technical, at least for me anyway, is like, okay, we get the sound. That's what we want. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. Okay. Now, how do we get that sound when we, when we reproduce it in the studio? And so that's, that's where the producing comes in. That's where I collaborate with the um, recording engineer and, and we get it done. Yeah, you got to be using both sides of the brain. Oh yeah, well, and I'm ambidextrous, so that helps. You've got, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it does help. Yeah, I have a, I have, I have connectivity with both sides of the brain. Like I'm pretty in tune with, with both sides, so it it does help a lot to be able to, you know, to to you know, devil devil's advocate yourself as well as you know, okay, (laughs) what what technical aspects do we need to to bring up? You know, what microphones to use that type of thing as well as okay does this sound good you know those are those are big big decisions to make when you're when you're um, making the music for sure and do you feel like now you have a real strong support system in place yeah yeah i mean you know and that's the thing is is the team is 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 the you know is is probably more you know the i would say like a band is as some of its parts you know like you know, the bass player brings a certain thing. The guitar player brings a certain thing. The drummer brings a certain thing. Um, I think that, you know, when people are, are disabled, they need a support system like that, you know, where, you know, you know, you, this person brings you up or, you know, there's people that I meet weekly that, that I talk to. Um, I think that's a super, super important, you know, and, 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 you know, and I'm not opposed to, to, you know, if you need to, you know, get, get, you know, talk to a therapist, you know, um, I, I've had, 
I've had to, I've had to do that in the past and, and it's, it's done some wonders for me. Um, it's, you know, not as, it's not really necessarily related to this, you know, episode, but yeah, I, therapy is great. I, I think that, I think that keeping your mind, uh, you know, in positive form is, is probably the most important really. And that was something that I determined to do from the get go. As soon as I knew what was wrong with me and that I might not get better, you know, that was, that was the biggest thing for me was, okay, I need to make sure that my, I have more up days than down days and mm. that, and that, you know, uh. that I have to keep a, a mindset that's, that is like, I'm going to get through this and, and the people around me really, really work and help me get, you know, achieve that, that goal for sure. That's actually, that's great advice for our listeners as far if they are disabled or just sad. Do you have yeah. any other health advice that you might uh, give to our listeners and viewers about eating and your mental and the doctors? Oh, dealing for sure. with doctors. Like, yeah. Like the, one of the biggest things for me uh, is intent. What do you intend to do? Who, who are you going to be? You know, because, you know, when I was when I was obese, like I could do whatever I wanted. It's all about me. It was selfish, you know, and and I was really, you know, you know, I was in a a really, you know, and and some of that was learned, you know, some of that was, you know, emotional, uh, you know, taking your emotions out on on eating and that kind of thing. And some of it was addiction. And, and, and I, and I think that, I think that being intentional with, with what you're doing at all times is very important. I, I, I do think that, I do think that you have to admit to yourself when you need help, you need to get help when you need help and be honest with yourself. I think that's one of the biggest things that through this whole process that, that I've really focused on was, was getting help when I needed it and, and admitting it. You know, like, mm-hmm. cause that was something that I, that wasn't modeled when I was growing up. It was like, you know, rub some dirt in it and get moving. You know, that was kind of, you know, that was the mindset that I grew up with. And so, and, and it, and I think that contributed to some of my injuries, um, mm-hmm. because I didn't go to the doctor when I probably should have, you know, I didn't, I didn't take care of myself like I should have. And, and so these things happened to me for, you know, consequences are real, you know? And so like, I think I think that the, that's the one thing that I, I would say is we all have to be honest with ourselves and and really take a deep look at who you are and what you're doing, you know, and, and the intent. And, and and then and then you I think you can achieve the the uh, the outcomes that you want. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, people around you can help you. But I also think that you need to help yourself. Yes, great advice. Absolutely. And I want to ask you, what's your favorite pizza? Oh. And, and what would you like our <laughs> listeners to have as a takeaway today besides a pizza? <laughs> well, Sounds growing good. up in growing up in the Midwest, my favorite pizza was was going well whenever I could go to Chicago was to get some deep dish. That was always Oh, uh-huh. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> what did man. what did you want? What you put on top? Of well, you didn't the sausage care. You just was, that. I mean, sauce. I'm a sausage pepperoni kind of guy, and those pies oh. are unbelievable. Especially if you get you get some, you know, good Polish sausage or something like that. Something real. Mm, it's really good. 
So they have um, that in New York too. Well, New York, New York is it's pretty thin. You know, it's not. Yeah, they do the th- they do the more Italian thin. Yeah, it's 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 okay. It it's passable, <laughs> but there's nothing like a deep dish. And I'll take a I'll take a Detroit deep dish over a New York a New York slice any day of the month. And that's saying something. Oh, okay. So, you know, but if I can get to Chicago or fly it in, <laughs> I will. <laughs> it's one of okay, the reasons so- to go to Chicago. 100%. Like if you, if you need to go to Chicago and you don't get a deep dish, there's something wrong with you. I would say. <laughs> so what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I want to, I want to leave the listeners with, with, with there's hope there's always hope no matter how dark it gets no matter what's in your life there is hope and there's a lot there's always a light and you just have to find it and i and i think that's that's what i i want to leave them with because i think i think sometimes we feel like we're so trapped that we can't that that we get paralyzed with with our circumstances and i i just want people to know that there is hope and that and that, you know, there's always, there's always a light at the end, no matter what happens. Mm. That's a wonderful Thank message. you. It's wonderful. Thank you. Our guest today on Late Boomers has been Andrew Cloninger, musician and author of the new book, C6, C7, a haiku book, which is being released by Atmosphere Press. You can find his book on his website, andrewkloniger.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-C-L-O-N-I-N-G-E-R.com. And his music is available on his band's website, rencovermusic.com. That's no, wait, w- Ren, Renco, Renco Music. Yep. Thank Renco you for correcting <laughs> Yeah, And our audience will remember that now. Rencovermusic.com. Congratulations, Andrew, for an amazing recovery for the wonderful advice and for the hope and the light. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for, so much for having me. It was, it was a blast getting uh, to talk with you today. Thank you so uh, much. Well, thank you. Thank you for us too. And to all our listeners, please subscribe to our late boomers podcast on our YouTube channel. And please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform you listen to. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and at Late Boomers. Send us a DM or drop us a line on our website, website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z. We always strive to inspire, motivate, and entertain you. Thanks again, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thank you again. for joining us on Late Boomers, the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.